Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is episode number 172 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host. It is me, Mr. Budget Pedal Trap. I was about to say, it is Matt Coyne. I'm not Matt Coyne. This is Matt Coyne. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Woo-hee. Woo. Woo. Yeah, it's, I think it's got to be one of those casts, Matt, because... I think it might be. I think I might be tired, and, and that tends to... Go one of two ways. I've either got no energy or just just All overcompensating the for the energy. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll see how this one goes. It'll be a good one. They always are. They always are. Indeed. Yeah, I I love them. Either way. Either way. I I love just chatting. Like <laughs> avoiding <laughs> chatting about guitar guitar news as for as much as possible is essentially our MO, isn't it, by now? It is. It is. Oh. So Official, official. It's 172. Fret Talk podcast. I'm BPC. You're Mr. Matt Coyne. That's all been done. So we're now up to the bit where I go. You right, Matt? What you been up to? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, should we start with the guitar stuff or the other bit? Either or. Right. Well, let's start with what I got up to this weekend. So this <laughs> weekend was my birthday. Whee! Um, 21. And I became 29 which is the opposite of 21. It's one away from 30, not 20. Yeah. And it's the first time of any of my birthdays ever where I've looked at myself and gone, what have I done with the last 29 years of my life? That was a very bad idea. So we'll quickly move on from that. Because <laughs> yeah. nobody should ever do that because all of the things that you've done, you forget about and you think about all the things you haven't done. And if you actually look at it, You've done lots. You just ha- you you focus on the things that you thought you'd have done by this age, and you haven't. Oh yeah, so. I mean, like if you put things in columns of things I've done versus things I haven't done by like sheer <laughs> like ratios, there is more in the things you haven't done. Yeah. However, some of the things that you have done are awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this podcast being one of them. Yeah, this podcast, like, if, if you did, so, like, one of the things that I was like, you know, when I was 14, I imagined that I'd be married and own my own house by the time I'm 30, and I'm a year away, and that's not going to be have happened. But at yeah. the same time, as a 13-year-old, I didn't imagine I'd have ever played a gig in front of, like, 4,000 people, and I have done that, so that's a benefit. So there, there are, there's always things that, you know, are good as well as things that haven't quite gone to plan. Yeah, and and chances are, if you were married and with the house now, the gig in front of thousands of people might not have happened. Yeah, because yeah, it's entirely possible. So, yeah, just look look at the positives. Yeah, um, which is what I'm trying to be doing. But anyway, yeah. So basically, my birthday weekend, um, and I was reminded about this before the cast because I shared it on Facebook. I went axe throwing for the first time. That you did. Um, which you know is it's something that seems to have popped up recently. Like it does. I don't it's, think it's a little bit of a five hipster, years ago. Yeah, it's like hipster mini golf, isn't it? It is. Like five years ago, I didn't see anything about axe throwing, but like yeah. it's all over the internet now. And yeah, like there's a couple of places that have popped up over here. So um, I went along to one of them, and yeah, um, I found out that I've got quite the knack for throwing axes at specific targets on a wall, fifteen foot away. <laughs> Or whatever it is, whatever the distance is. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Woo! Yeah, like, so I I went along uh, with uh, a lady friend on a date. Um, 
and we each had a lane and we were just being taught how to throw the axes and stuff. Hang um, on, who's a lane? Who's a lane? No, the lady friend. I didn't say a lane. You did? You said you, we, we each had a lane. Oh, sorry. Right, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, was, so was she a, part of the axe throwing experience, Elaine? Uh, you throw the axe along Elaine. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we each had a, basically a target to throw at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, like, I just looked out and it's, it seems to be something I've got the knack of. I can't do underhanded, so I can't throw the axe upside down. But if I could throw it one-handed over my shoulder, I can hit a target pretty well. Um, right. So basically, it's it's a bullseye target in the in so much like there's there's an outer, a middle, and an inner. Yeah. Um, and then there's two dots in the corner, and basically you've got five axes. Like the way they do it in quote unquote tournaments, um, which all sounds a little bit far fetched <laughs> to me, but apparently there are axe throwing tournaments around the world. So you do you have to throw four axes at the bull, and if you hit hit bull four times in a row, you can go for one of the tiny dots in the corner. So bullseye is worth five, but those are worth seven. So the maximum score is 27. And the guy that I was coaching me was like, I hit it about three times a week. I managed to hit it two times in a night. Nice. <laughs> and then like later on, he was like, right, there's, there's two dots, one in either corner. You can go for each one. Or I'll give you two axes. See if you can hit both of them at the same time. <laughs> Nice. So I, I managed to do that as well, but not whilst I was... Th- they, do, they basically give you five goes, and if you can do it in your first five, they give you a T-shirt, and if you can't, you can just keep going. Yeah. So I managed to hit it, but I didn't win the T-shirt. But I did win a T-shirt for getting a perfect score, so we got a free T-shirt out of it. Well, hey, nice. I mean, everyone yeah. likes a free T-shirt, especially a T-shirt that symbolises you being good at something. Yeah, well, that's it. Basically, it's a staff T-shirt, so it's different to the ones that you... You can go along and buy, like, axe-throwing T-shirts, like, the t-shirt's branded with the company but yeah yeah um, i got a specific staff one because yeah they're ones that you can't physically buy yeah you are you're now officially like the regional manager <laughs> you've you've taken over his mantle yeah so they say on on average in a week they'll get somebody hit a 25 which is just five balls in a row because they won't go for the corners yeah um, but they don't they don't often get 27s without the staff doing it so yeah i was i was very pleased with myself there's a, there's a, in fact, my profile photo at the moment is me grinning next to a board that just says 27 and my name. And yeah, it calls me the expert of the week. Nice. Uh, and that is, I mean, that's like dad joke as well. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, it, it can't is. get any more perfect, can it? Yeah. So yeah, basically that was, that was my weekend. But if we like bring this round to guitar, something which guitar. I guess is what, oh, do we what have this podcast to? <laughs> um, so it being my birthday I bought myself a birthday present you did and uh, Mr Mister Stuart Tate did a, an offer for Halloween where certain red and black pedals or orange and black pedals became discounted by I think 25% they, yeah they were quite, um, so quite hefty, yeah, it was Raise it? the Dead Raise the Dead which I already own and the Hot Coals which I don't already own. <laughs> However, I can see where this is as, going. As as Mr. Budget Pedal Chap can now see, I now own a Hot Coals. Is it? I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of own one by proxy. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking. Side note: I was talking to um, Mr. Yeomans about his his pedals, the Chef, some of the Chef Tone stuff, and he mentioned that you've basically commandeered his. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty true. <laughs> 
I take it he lent it to you and you haven't yet unlent it. Uh, I mean, in in my defence, there was a little bit of a global situation. Um, yes. <laughs> so... A thing happened. Yeah, yeah, a thing definitely did happen and hasn't unhappened yet, really. I mean, there, there was possibly like a, a brief period of time where I could have rectified this and got it back to him. But that, that time is over now. Yeah. Yeah, so, so. you've got a hot coals for a little bit longer. But yeah, um, I haven't managed to plug mine in yet, um, but I, w- I will do soon. Um, the other thing that I've done is I've rebuilt my pedal board for what I thought was the first time in 12 months, but apparently I did it in January. So not quite, but close yeah. enough. I mean, it almost <laughs> lasted a year, so yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, good, bearing yeah. in mind that for like three months of that, I couldn't play through a valve amp, so I didn't particularly use my pedal board, but we'll ignore that. So basically, the sounds lasted six months before I went, ooh, I'll change it again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I've, what I've done is I've significantly reduced the amount of drive on my board because I was realising that I don't actually actively use all of the drives. Okay. So, like, for some gigs, I will use these four, and other gigs, I would be using, like, these four, and then like it, I, it just got to the point where, like, yeah, I was like, realistically, do I use 11 different drive sounds or whatever I had in combination or whatever, or... It, probably in combination it was like 64 but um yeah like basically i didn't need the amount of drive pedals so i've significantly reduced that so i've now gone for um so it's wireless system into uh od2 no not, not od2 um octave oc2 yeah um so wireless system into octave octave into hotcake okay hot hotcake into bmb Okay, yeah. Which which wasn't previously on the board. Um so those are gonna be my two my two rhythm sounds. It'll either be light drive or heavier drive for the BMB. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I've got two different options for either boost for for boost, which is my Hello Sailor Range Master and my Anteras, which I'm gonna use sort of like a tube screamer, but slightly differently voiced, because that's basically almost slightly what it is. Yeah. Even if Stuart like I don't like calling it a tube screamer because it's so much more than that and the clean blend allows for so much versatility that you just can't get from a tube screamer, but you can use it like that. It sounds yeah, yeah. incredible like that. And also you can, I can use it as almost like a clean boost that just shapes the um the EQ curve going into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got that set like like that, and I've got the Range Master set to add a little bit more grit, and obviously do different because because mine's got three different EQ slots. It's got a full range, yeah, um, a lower mid boost and an upper mid boost. So I've got that set voiced slightly differently, so it's a different style of boost. Yeah, and then after that, I've got my Raise the Dead <laughs> because I need to keep the Raise the Dead. Cause you can't ever. I, I won't ever have a pedal board without that on because it's just a smile machine. Yeah, it's it's silly, <laughs> silly fun, isn't it? Yeah, and then after that, it's it's the same thing. So it's the Analog Man chorus, the whatever the cheap. I think it's a Tone City. It's not Tone City, but it's a cheap. Um, I think it's, it might be X Five. The Phaser, Phaser, Phaser. <laughs> the Phaser. I, yeah. I I always get mixed up between Phase and Flange, but I think it's Phase. It's the orange one. Yeah, yeah. If it's orange, it will almost certainly be phase. Yeah, it is. It is because it's basically a phase ninety, but with extra controls, um, and then obviously M five 
two reverbs, um, the Mel 9, and a delay pedal. I mean, that sounds like a ridiculous board for my use, but for you, that is, that's progress. That's, <laughs> I, I think I worked out it was four less pedals than last time. There you go. <laughs> and, and, I'm only using two power supplies. And there you go. You, you're <laughs> doing your bit for the environment as well. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be some amazing sounds out of that. Mentioning the, the BMB, however, have you heard the news about the BMB? I I have. It's been discontinued and there's only one left that you can buy new. So if you want a brand new BMB and it hasn't already gone, which it may have already gone since I saw the advert, but um, there was one left in Stuart's store. Yep. Um, and then so there's going to be no more. And... Do you know? Do you know why there's going to be no more? I'm guessing there's a new pedal coming out from Tate, but I haven't heard. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I assume it hasn't been announced. I, I will say no more. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- it, I think it's pretty clear that when somebody like takes a pedal that's been in their line for as long as the BMB has been in Stuart's line, that. There's probably going to be a replacement for it. Probably. Yeah. Uh, for for legal purposes, we're not confirming or denying anything. Oh, because I haven't got a clue. Not yet. I mean, I, I know a little bit, a little bit more about it, but I'm not confirming nor denying shit. Um, but I am saying, like, keep your eyes out on uh, on Stuart's Instagram and on Stuart's um, website as well, because yeah, I absolutely will be doing. Something gonna happen. Something gonna happen is what's what's going down. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Um, so nothing kind of gig wise this week, or no? I've got my first gig in six weeks on Saturday. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, because you had that little. And then I've basically got two week two weeks off between now and Christmas. Cool, cool. It, it sounds good. <laughs> Um, I am, I am not jealous at all. Uh, just, a, just a little, maybe just a little bit. Um, yeah. You also, since last time, I mean, you you received the fat guy little coat, but since uh, last time and this time, you've managed to play it as well, haven't you? I have. I think I've managed to play it just before the last one, and may have mentioned it a little bit, but yeah, like I've been. Playing it quite a lot um, in conjunction with the BMB before that one on the on the board, uh, either running it into the BMB or the BMB into it, um, and just yeah having lots of fuzzy business. Really impressed with that little. Um, it's a one knob fuzz similar to or to my ears, and I didn't AB them, and so I'm like thinking about the sounds days apart. So might just be completely wrong. It might just be because it's a fuzz pedal and it's got one knob. To me, it sounds a bit like a Raise the Dead, but I think it's that flavour of fuzz rather than a muff flavour of fuzz. Um, to me, it sounds a little bit brighter than the Raise the Dead, but again, that was through an 8-inch speaker because um, I was playing it through my 5-watt um, Origin. So the speaker might have been playing into that because I'm used to hearing the Raise the Dead through a 212 and it's Vox-voiced, so... Yeah, like I, I'm not saying for definite that it is, but yeah, like the f- first thing that came into my head was it was a brighter, um, yeah, 
fuzz face style fuzz similar to the raise the dead yeah i i was just i i was being a little bit antisocial there i was <laughs> i was on my phone but i was searching up because i, I remembered that doug had um put a comment in on the uh the fret talk podcasts uh podcast group on the episode that we talked about it I was just gonna just gonna read out a bit of that. So he was he, he says, "Look, thanks for the thanks for the love. Uh, the circuit kit is based on an old school color sound fuzz, uh, but with a few adjustments that he's made. Uh, it's definitely more fuzz face like, which you you mentioned. Um, yeah, and it was because he's not the not the biggest fuzz fan. Um, so he he dialed it back to a point where it's kind of." It's almost like that that um, sweet spot with the rap way. You don't know quite whether it's fuzzy or distortion. <laughs> so it's it's kind of the the just on the precipice of of getting like super nasty. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a simple circuit, as you said. Yeah, like just one knob, which I absolutely love because <laughs> you can't you can't fuck it up then, can you? <laughs> if it's got one knob. Uh, but yeah, yeah he's, he's saying it gets the job done, which sounds like it does. I am, uh, I'm down with that. I'm just going to put my phone down now. Like, uh, there we go. Um, yeah, so hats off, uh, hats off, Mr. Christ. It's um, something that I, I can't wait to hear. Can't wait to yeah. hear the, the pedal. Um, right, I've got a, I've got a bit that I've done this week. Um, so. I'm gonna try try smash through it as much as possible, but we might have to truncate it a little bit because, um, because we've got some news, we've got news discussion, and that could possibly be a meaty meaty news discussion. Right, so, <laughs> uh, the last uh no talk auto. I think we talked about the possibility of doing the TC shaker on the last one, and that has come out now. Yeah. Um, but the last one from this date of recording will have been the the Moor Ensemble King, which it's it's it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I d- I did a little bit of research on it actually. Um, because I always assumed that it was um chorus ensemble based. So what's that like? C is it C five that one? Yes. Um, I'm almost certain, and I I assumed by the name it's going to be CE five based, but of course the uh the CE five's got all of the controls of the Ensemble King, but has also got a, a tone control which the the Moor doesn't. Um, okay. So I I assumed that they just admitted that, but apparently I did a little bit of research and like you find them every so often like. Um, like a JPEG on 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 the internet, where it's got like the Moore pedal, and then the pedal equivalent that it's it's based on, um, and they they're saying that it's CE two based with a mix control. Um, so, mm. okay, um, but yeah, so I mean, what is there to say about it really? I mean, it's it's a it's a chorus, um. It's you, you, your main controls. Obviously, your your rate and your your depth, um, and it does it goes quite extreme. 
um, but not to a point where you're like, oh. uh, so like when you crank everything up, it's it's almost if you squint your ears, you're getting kind of like faux Leslie sounds. It's, it you can get quite subtle as well with the um with the mix control. You you can dial back some of that like extreme eightiesness. Yeah. Um, which is it's it's kind of cool. I think that's that's part of what you like about the uh, what was that other cheap one, the Afterglow. Yes. It has. It also has that that ability, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It it allows you to have a more extreme chorus sound, but not have all of it. Yeah. So like. You you get those extra bits of like waviness. I don't know how else to describe it. But, yeah, you know, yeah, wiggle. Yeah, it's fine. But you you still have clarity. Whereas if you don't have a mix control, when you do that, you lose all clarity. You basically don't know what note you like. You you sound like you're semitone half fucking or half a semitone out of tune, and I hate that about some of the eighty stuff. Yeah, it it gets it gets hard to time, doesn't it? It gets hard yeah. to time. Um, and that that mix control really does rein it back in. Um, yeah. I found that uh, if you do it on the more subtle chorus settings and use the mix control as well, you almost get that kind of like twelve string shimmer, uh, which yeah. is really nice. I think from going from memory, I think the the afterglow is a, a fatter chorus sound than the the ensemble king. Um, okay. But I also found out as well, actually, that Moore do an ensemble queen. So they, they've got a, an ensemble hierarchy. Ah. <laughs> and I don't think the, the prince of prince of ensemble or, <laughs> or um, princess of ensemble are, are quite out yet, but maybe, maybe Moore, come on. Probably, probably in the works, let's, yeah. let's just say that they are. Yeah, let's, yeah. Say, let's... We have inside knowledge that they are. Disclaimer, we don't have any inside knowledge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a pedal that I, I use in my band setup because it's it's small and it's a chorus. Um, and I, I, I like, because... I do a slightly opposite way of of doing my stuff, like my setup to you. You you've got like quite a few drive tones, yeah. That then like you can mix and match and and whatnot. I've pretty much just got two light drives, and if you combine them, they make a slightly heavier drive. Uh, so so I've, I've pretty much yeah. I've got like the the Blues Breaker clone that I've demoed on my channel. Um, into the Mojo Mojo, and the Mojo Mojo is the one that gets stood on first, pretty much. So that's yeah. like the the base kind of blues grit, and then you add the add the blues driver at, at more extreme settings to then like saturate it up. Uh, and yeah. then I've obviously got a uh, I've got a tube screen on on there, a, a Moore Green Moil. Um, it literally could be any other. <laughs> Any other pedal because I'm just using yeah, it as a boost. Style. Yeah, yeah. It's just literally yeah. just the kind of the EQ, and I'm, I, I take almost all of the gain out of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, just just to justify myself, obviously you play originals, so you are looking for your own sound. Oh yes, I do. Yes, yeah. Those are the things that that make your sound. Whereas I play covers, and you can't do Thin Lizzy sounds and Fleetwood Mac sounds and 
modern indie sounds without different flavors of drive. That's my excuse. Yeah, um, <laughs> again, I probably would try, um, but I, I, I'm a fan of the the simplicity of the setup, um, because all all of my um, pedals fit on essentially like a couple of planks or two before. Just sawn down into like the most rudimentary, like everything's mounted on the top as well. There's the the power supply's not underneath. It's literally everything is on the top. Uh, no, I've got pa- both power supplies underneath. Although I've returned to having the uh, the wireless system on top, so that I can see when uh, the battery's starting to get low. Because there's a couple of times where like the battery's died halfway through a song, and I've gone, oh, I probably should have noticed the red flashing light, apart from the fact that it's underneath my pedal board. Well, I mean, you you should have mounted it underneath, but then with a complicated mirror system. Uh, <laughs> yeah, three mirrors just display it up to eye level. Eye level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that would be the sensible choice of doing it. Uh, um, but yeah, so I mean, on, on my on my kind of my band pedal board at the moment, I've got uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight pedals only. <laughs> Only seven of which are actually in the signal chain. I've just got a spare drive pedal just stuck on there, just to kind of keep the weight even. <laughs> but it, it's got it's got Velcro on it. It's fine. <laughs> it, it's doing no one any harm. Just sitting. There. Just fill the gap. Fill the gap. Like it irritates me that I have a mini pedal sized gap at the top of my pedal board at the moment. Yeah, and not a mini pedal to put in it that I want to use. Yeah, anything which is particularly inspiring. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking of stuff which which you don't have at the moment, like on the board, because, I mean, like, if I was thinking anything mini pedal, I, my instant thought would go to JSA, because uh, Simon does some absolutely... Yeah, pr- like mental- they're mostly drives, aren't they? Yeah, and that that's it. Like, like you've got the the a tiny toddy which could go there, but again, it's just another uh, another drive to add to the yeah the myriad um, of drives. As 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 an aside, the tiny toddy is now mounted to my audio interface for my computer, um, so that I don't have to like find anything. Like, it's literally plugged in all the time. It's got a a jack that's gone directly from it into the front of the audio interface and a jack that comes out that I can then plug any other pedal that I want to like test how it sounds through my audio interface. Um, so yes. yeah, it, it's literally permanently mounted to my power, my, uh, my audio interface now. So it's, it's essentially working as like a preamp. It is. It's working as a preamp and it sounds incredible as a preamp. Um, yes, it does actually. That that really seg- segues me quite well onto uh, the Pickpocket series, which has kind of rolled out. Um, I think I, I may have it may have been like the day before the the first, oh, sorry, the second one came out. So I've done like the big stubby, and and literally today um, has been like um, Timbertone's Rosewood pick, which okay. As a quick aside, they don't do anymore, so whoops, sorry. Uh, like, I have a habit of uh, doing this. Like, on the No Talk Auto, and I did uh, the Bright Onion Soap Boost, which is discontinued. And now I've done <laughs> the, uh, um, the, the Rosewood Pick. 
But I mean, they they still do the shape. They still do like wooden picks. You just can't get rosewood. So you could get like a maple version of it. You could get like a, a I don't know, like a like the the equivalent that isn't restricted by sighties. Pauferro. Yeah, possibly <laughs> like possibly like Pauferro or Laurel or or any of these yeah. kinds. Yeah. Um, but for the the um like the, the number two three and four in the uh the pickpocket series i followed your advice where you were like um you need to use like a like a kind of crunchy crunchy signal where it's like just edge of edge of bluesy breakup kind of thingy yeah so you um, can see how much digging in helps yeah and i did that um but I I took all of the amp modelling out of the uh, out of the situation and literally just had the the hot toddy going into uh like an amp sim. So it is literally your setup and it sounds yeah. bloody fantastic. Yeah, I I think that the hot toddy or in my case the tiny toddy, I I was a bit skeptical when you suggested using that as a, a preamp because actually when you when you wind it up there is quite a lot of grit there. Yeah. But you wind it down and it does edge of break up clean really, really well. Um, and it's not how I'd been using the pedal when I was using it as a pedal, but now that I'm using it as a preamp, yeah. there's there's a there's a spot for obviously mine's got one control on the outside, and there's a spot for me from like what's this? So the, like between eight o'clock and about eleven o'clock, where you just are adding slightly more grit to your clean signal, and if you play lighter, it goes away. The more you add, the the more you can get by digging in, and yeah, it's just just a very sweet but just really nice preamp tone. Yeah, yeah, and that that is what uh, episode two, three, and four of of powered by essentially. I do I do give a shout out to it in in the the, uh, the, the most funny possible way. Um, the tiny tiny just smashes into each of the like the 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 pre playing shots where I'm kind of showing the pick. Just like show, 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 show. <laughs> then Tidy Tidy comes in and smashes Smash. it. Yeah. I am here for tone. Um, and it's brilliant. Uh, so yeah, check it out. And Simon, start pushing the tiny toddy, the tiny toddy, and the the hot toddy as as like a preamp pedal. Put it in a bigger yeah. form factor, like the um, the the fifteen ninety BB case. Maybe add like a. a a mid control as well. That would be like the the boutique version of them, the Joyo preamp pedals, which absolutely kill it. Yeah. So yeah, can't can't disagree with that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There you go, million dollar idea, Simon. And and if you if if you want to make even more money, add add your compressor to it, and it's a true studio recording setup at that point as. Preamp with compressor. Oh shit, man! This is this is getting tasty. This is salivating. <laughs> yeah, Simon, make it happen. That can be like the fret talk, fret talk pedal. That <laughs> I, I, I don't mind having our likeness posted on this. It can be fret talk signature pedal. Don't even want anything for it. I just want it to be in the world. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, um, so I've done the the uh, pickpocket series as well. 
Um, I think the next one coming up, if, I, if I've got time to edit it, will be next Wednesday or in like two days' time if you're listening to this podcast. And will be... Uh, it's a, a brass pick by Tridents. That's a, that's an interesting one, that is. <laughs> I, I like the... Uh, I like the tone of metal picks. They give like a really kind of thwappy tone because yeah. you, like you really hear the grooves in the string as as you like brushing past them. Um, it's it's just it's unlike any other pe- plexum you you try. Well worth a listen. Um, and they're really short videos as well, so you can can watch them while on the shitter. Um, Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was time with the idea of kind of having it mentioned like that they are shitter um, kind of length videos, and I was like trying to trying to bat around in my head like a a, a title for the the videos that could uh, could give that, and I just kept coming up with uh, shitter tone, which no, that's the wrong <laughs> wrong thing. Yeah, no, no, that's no one shit at yeah, yeah, shit tone. Ah, oh, fuck, no. Um, so yeah, I've left that alone. I've I've left that kind of thought process alone. Um, and then in let's have a look what the time is. So oh, seventeen minutes ago, um, stomp v stomp. Um, the the next in the series of that we've done the. Um, the Moor um, Anna Echo really Moor heavy for some reason but it's because I wanted to do a delay pedal and the the Anna Echo is like Bucket Brigade style um, analog delay and it's it's quite um, quite close to the the DM2 obviously like the DM2W would have been a would have been a better choice but I don't have one so I had what I had to hand I mean, if anyone wants to just send me in the boss, boss one, I'll happily do like um, <laughs> analog, like stomp v stomp analog delay redo. Um, same with the Shinai Uni vibe as well. If anyone wants to send me in, like, around. yeah, if you've got yeah, go on kicking about. You just you don't don't and don't listen to that that Mister Yeomans about like me keeping his pedal for the best part of a year. <laughs> don't listen to that. <laughs> You you're all right with me. I'll get a get a demo done and get it sent back out straight away. Honest. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Suckers. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'll 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 leave the uh, the talk about the analog delay um, video until uh, until the the live cast because it's it's literally only just dropped. Um, yeah. So you definitely won't have seen it. Oh, <laughs> I've heard it once. Uh, <laughs> um, I I remember it being quite uh quite close actually, the um the the Moor did a good job. Um, but anyway, we are what thirty seven. Thirty seven. I've got thirty seven as well. Go on, go on. We'll do it. We'll do it. New discussion. Um, right. So. We were talking about Epiphone last time we were on the cast. Um, 
they were doing some exciting things. We were like, yeah, okay, they're a little bit pricey, but like this is this is a legit direction for for Epiphone. Since then, they have um, released uh, information about the the new line of Epiphone Prophecy. Uh, so Prophecy was uh, a series like way way back when, like kind of mid two thousands ish. Uh, they were they were kind of aiming at the the metal market, like the kind of new metal look, almost. They were like EMG laden the Epiphones, and there were some of them that were pretty cool actually. Uh, but yeah, so that that kind of went away when when that whole fad kind of died off. Yeah. Um, but they're bringing the prophecies back, and they're they're doing it with like a like a super sleek and super modern kind of take on it. So we've got um, in the lineup of the Prophecy range, we've got the Les Paul, obviously. We've got the SG. Uh, we've got something approaching the Explorer, but not an Explorer, apparently. And we've got the Flying V. So, I th- Is it not an Explorer? It looks like an Explorer, doesn't it? Yeah, so I've seen. So, the, I'm sure I've seen the photos of this, and it's a it's an SG, a Les Paul, an Explorer, and a V. Yeah, so the the story behind this is the Explorer is being called the the Exturer, yeah, um, and that's because they've they've altered the body shape slightly, um, so it's like a a thinner a thinner waist almost on it, um, and there's a deeper a deeper cutaway, and because it's it's like a revised version of the Explorer rather than going with the traditional name. They've gone, they've called it something different. I think so basically they've done what EMG, not EMG, um, ESP or Charvel do. And they've slightly altered the shape and then slightly <laughs> altered the name. Yeah. And, and so I take it Gibson are going to sue Epiphone because they're, <laughs> they're doing, they're doing what all the other companies they sue do. It would be a masterstroke. That that would be like literally twenty twenty. That would that would be the roundup to twenty twenty. Gibson sues itself. Um, so across the range, we've got uh, we've got like accoutrements that that span across the entire range. Got like a quarter, sorry, a half inch maple cap. Um, flame, yeah. uh, flame maple veneer on those with. Um, the finishes that allow that because I think they okay. do they do like a gloss black which I don't think they'll they'll be wasting flame maple veneer on that but all the rest no. have got like a, got the bursts I mean like, it, it's disappointing that it's a flame maple veneer but at least it's maple veneer over maple rather than like a lot of the cheaper stuff is just like a tiny thin layer of maple veneer yeah and that's it yeah over over quote unquote body wood body <laughs> yeah. wood yes yeah, wood. yeah. That's it. Got some generic wood. That's it. Yeah, you got got a big slab of generic old old generic wood. Um, so this is like mahogany body, uh, maple cap. So like legit, it's not like a half inch maple cap. Is not a massive cap. Uh, no, but, but well, it, it it's a. I would imagine roughly what you get on a Les Paul at studio level. I, I thought they were doing an inch of, uh, an inch of. Maple cup. I mean, I know Andy did a lot of sand new on my studio, but there's definitely not an inch of 
maple on mine. Mm. I don't know. I'd... But I guess it is a carved top, isn't it? So maybe it is an inch in the middle. Yeah, the thickest and, points. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, I didn't think of that. Yeah. So like, possibly. I don't know. I don't know I don't know the specs of of the Gibsons, but half an inch maple cap seems it seems alright. It it'll get the 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 tonal point across. Yes. Um at twenty four uh twenty four frets across the board as well. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you did say that the, the old prophecy series was aimed at new metal, and yeah, so. yeah, and the, these are kind of aimed at modern guitarists as well. So, so yeah, having twenty four modern frets guitarists is... do like to have more frets than they can possibly use. That's it. They 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 like to utilize the dusty end. Um, slim taper asymmetrical neck, which again is, uh, oh. yeah, modern modern take. Graph tech, um, new. Bone nut. Uh, I think it's new, new as in new metal as well. New bone. Um, <laughs> they could be. I assume that's not actually animal bone. That's yeah, synthetic bone. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. Yeah, Viagra induced. Um, going going slightly off on a tangent. I wonder if you can get a nut made out of human bone. Oh dear, that's uh, possibly. I mean, and whether that's any better than. Old, whatever they like, I don't know, cow bone or whatever they use for the actual bone nuts. I, I don't know. I, I've not done enough research into into bones. <laughs> Maybe I could like cut my pinky off and turn it into on my right hand, obviously, because you don't you don't ever use that when you're playing. Yeah, so, because it's jointed. You need you need a bigger a bigger bone, don't you? you... Uh, I can't really do without many of my other bigger bones. Yeah. I mean, we'll look come back to this idea. Yeah, <laughs> just find a willing donor, someone who's a little bit strapped for cash. It's like <laughs> you don't need all of your forearm. It's fine. Um, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're getting grim. Um, so the, they come in a bunch of different colours. We've got black gloss. We've got purple, uh, purple tiger, aged gloss. Uh, so like a, a slightly matte finished gloss. Uh, okay. So less less shiny, um, and they literally all of them from that come in this age gloss. So you've got purple tiger, yellow tiger, olive tiger, blue tiger, red tiger, and uh, all yeah, like I say, all of them come in the age gloss. Um, they all come equipped with Fishman Fluence pickups, which again might not be to everyone's not taste. Not my taste, but again, modern guitarist. Yeah, yeah, and they in in the Fishman Fluence defense, like they are being played by people who aren't just metal guitarists. Yeah. So like Greg Cock has got uh the the Gristle Master set. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was the Gristle Master set, weren't it? Or was the Gristle, Gristle Master, Master the guitar? Cock. <laughs> yeah, Gristly it's, Cock. It's it sounds like. An eighties TV character, Grizzlemaster Cock. <laughs> yeah, it does a bit, yeah. Um, but th- th- there are people people out there using uh using the fishman stuff who aren't just straight out metal guys. So it's it's good that the the trend of just shoving EMGs into anything that's metal orientated. Um 
has kind of passed. I mean, EMGs, they have a place, but they aren't, they aren't subtle at all. They aren't subtle. I, uh, my Les Paul, yeah. when I first bought that, had EMGs in it. Um, the, the bloke I bought it from, lovely chap, but again, he's, he's of the sensibility of like more is more, very much the kind of yeah. Malmsteen train of thought. So he, he'd put a, um, uh, eighty one, eighty five set in the uh, in the Les Paul. I was like really excited to to play the Les Paul, and I was gigging like a couple of days afterwards. So I thought I'm going to use this Les Paul for my gig. Yeah. I was rocking the uh, the Spider Valve at the time, which had like <laughs> a. <laughs> Stop your judgment here. No, the, the judgment is more what happens when you really push the end of a push the front end of a spider valve with some EMGs. Well, this is this is it. So you, <laughs> the way that I had it because you got like four banks on the uh, like four banks per um for, per like strip, and then you had like however like ninety nine presets or whatever. I only ever used the one because I only ever used four sets. I had like um clean. Clean with effects, drive, solo, um, and the 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 clean was pretty pretty like sparkly clean with my strats at the time. Plugged the EMGs into it, full on crunch channel. Did <laughs> weren't even trying to be clean. Did it, did it clean up with the volume control? I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I doubt, I doubt very much. Yeah, I doubt it did. Like, uh, I, yeah, especially if you've gone from Strat to EMG laden Les Paul. That's it. I mean, going like Strat to like humbuckers, you might see a. Well, that's getting a bit crunchy. It weren't it? Weren't like that before. Yeah, this well, that's the, got a bit of hair. Yeah, as this, opposed to oh look, that is now my crunch channel. Yeah, this is this has gone from one of those like really strange cat like hairless cats that look like a scrotum so a fucking yeti <laughs> um it Ugh. was it was interesting um yeah i mean it's still a great gig and I, I ended up playing clean parts of a song not clean uh which always good fun yeah but the audience probably didn't notice too much unless they were massive fans yeah like both both of the audience were <laughs> they were they were big fans. Big uh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he, he doesn't usually stick on the drive pedal for this this part of the song. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm I'm glad that we're kind of stepping away from EMGs. Must go in anything metal, and there's a bit more subtlety to it because I think the the kind of newer wave of of modern players. They play like the progressive and the metal sides of things, but there's also uh, influences from other areas. There's more kind of jazzy influences, and it, it seems like a much more eclectic uh, kind of mix of musicality and virtuosic musicianship rather than just. <laughs> The EMG go. <laughs> so, yeah. Can we drop this string any lower? Uh, so it's it's nice that that's the kind of direction things have gone in. 
Um, so, as a as a kind of roundup of that that series of guitars, the range prophecy. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts on the? I mean, like I say, it's it's not aimed at me. Yes, yeah. But it does sound like it is a guitar that has been thought about before release, or sorry, a series of guitars that have been thought about before release, rather than just we have these shapes, let's add a couple more frets, and they're now metal guitars. Like, they've actually thought, like, obviously you talked about the Explorer, is not called the Explorer anymore, there's more upper fret access, and they've changed the pickups as well, like, they've actually thought about what they're doing, they're not doing the, the old Gibson thing, which is make a slight tweak and change the number at the end. Yeah. I mean... Th- yeah, it it is that. It seems like it's a really cohesive range. You wouldn't mistake that any of these guitars in any of the other ranges because they all have those that common thread going through all of them. Yeah, uh, and as as you do say, it may not necessarily be um, be aimed specifically at me, um, but there'll be a, there'll be a generation of of guitarists who who this is aimed towards. Uh, and it seems like pretty banging. However, uh, they are eight hundred and twenty-two pounds, which, I mean, you can you can justify it. You definitely yeah, yeah. can. Um, Whether it's the best price point to be putting Epiphones out at. Yeah, I mean the, the question. Yeah, the, uh, we seem to be getting the thing that um, ended up making Gibson like the target of a lot of um backlash which is the price is just creeping up and creeping up and you're like yeah 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 it, but these have got this feature and that feature and whatnot but they're creeping up they're creeping up creeping up and I, I don't know about is it Epiphone Far Eastern like is it, is it Indonesia is it China is it I'd, South Korea. I'd have to assume they're Korean. If they're not, this this is a slightly harder sell, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're Korean, then you know, I think is it Reverend come out of, like have some guitars. It's not Reverend. I'm thinking of something else. But there's yeah, yeah, Reverend, yeah, I mean, Reverend, yeah, yeah, Reverend PRSSEs, which both have guitars in this price point. So like, you're not. Million yeah. miles off, like you know. So if they, if, I mean, if they're Korean made, then I, I think realistically, when you look at their competition, they're probably not that overpriced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is, most people are used to thinking, I can get an Epi Les Paul Special Two for one hundred and fifty nine quid. Yeah, and and, and like you, these you, are totally different guitars. Like they're the. The night and day different, but Epiphone has always been seen as a cheap brand, and like the competition to Squire, who kind of max out at four fifty five hundred, unless they're signatures. Yeah, yeah, where where the Squire kind of cuts off the lower end um, fenders, kind of come in, and they yeah, and they bring in Mexico, which obviously Gibson don't have Mexico, so there's there's always going to be this, but yeah. Yeah, um, and and I know what you mean. Like from from my kind of, um, my past experience of 
my my growing up, the top end Epiphone Les Paul was like three hundred and fifty quid. Like when I first started, yeah, that was you were thinking that was that was that was the peak of Epiphone, but now they are, and I think some of those were actually back in like the early uh, early two thousands. Those top top end ones were the Korean ones as well. They were coming out of Korean factories. Yeah, probably. Um, but and yeah, then again, I, like the PR, the old PRS SEs, like some of them were like three fifty, four hundred quid, and again they they were coming out of that factory. But everything's going up in price. It's not just Gibson. It's just yeah, it's a little bit more noticeable with Gibson. Yeah, I mean they are one of the two uh, guitar Main. companies that people think about, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like as much as most people would try and deny it. Your guitar shapes are either F inspired or they are G inspired. Yeah, there's not many that aren't derivatives. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Like, it, yeah, if, in, and even if it's a, a new shape, it might be two G guitars sawed in half and pushed together. Like, yeah, yeah, you like can the, you the can SGV. see where. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> but you you can see, see yeah you you can see where yeah. the the inspiration came from. Or whether oh. it's like super strats, which are strat shaped. Whether you yeah, like I mean, or not. yeah, even even in the name, they <laughs> like point back to the the strat. Or the yeah. rev stars that definitely aren't SG shaped, even though they're a bit SG shaped. Yeah, I mean they they look quite like the old Yamaha SGs, which were <laughs> which were <laughs> Yamahas flying SG. quite close to the the sun take on yeah. the on the actual SG. I mean, they were legitimate. Yeah. Like the the old SG one thousands were. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're bad guitars, but like like you say, like everything is derivative of a shape of one of those, with the exception of the St Vincent cut off guitar. Yeah, like and, ran- and random bits of wood, and even then, it's just like a squashed Explorer in it. Yeah, there's yeah, like you can see that it's kind of that geometric ish shape. I mean, there's there's argument even like for or against. Um, but what really struck me about the um, the the prophecy series, like as it looks now, it really reminded me of Bolt's guitars, <laughs> like, like the the ones that we were all excited about like two years I ago. I don't going. know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know. No, I totally we've know. tried to we've tried to forget it. We've tried to like erase it from the the annals of the um, of the past, but like legit. That is. This is what they were looking like. Uh, obviously, they weren't this higher spec. Um, they were going for like they were going for a few hundred pounds at at most usually. Yeah. Um, and from from the backlash that has come from that whole debacle, um, it sounds like for good reason. I mean, we we never ended up getting our hands on them, on the ones that we ordered. Yeah, um, I mean, like, there was, like, the people who got the early ones were saying, actually, they're pretty good guitars, but as yeah. it got closer and closer to him just not delivering, from what, like, we were in a group at one point of people trying to get the money back, and, like, some people were saying, like, quality started to go downhill, and then, I mean, that's what he would, like, that's what caused it in the end, is he didn't want to take the guitars that he'd ordered, because he he wasn't happy with the quality of them, unfortunately, he, his solution to that was to not pay them and then try and sell more to cover 
extra stuff and it just yeah it spiraled into a terrible terrible situation where he was almost ripping people off but yeah it was never never going to work what he was trying to do but like like you say these guitars look like what those guitars that he was pushing towards the end were supposed to be yeah 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 and i mean the reason why there was such a hype over the the bolt products is because they looked they looked pretty cool um, unfortunately, as we say, they didn't quite deliver with it, um, but they looked really awesome. And in fact, I saw uh, one of the ones that were delivered because I, I went and had a chat with a guy who lives locally, um, who who was involved in that whole uh, thing because he'd he'd bought one when he saw him at the guitar show. Like saw him there and then and bought that one there and then and then he'd gone to order another one, um, but I saw the one that he ordered at the guitar show, which was pretty much like the the uh, the flying V that's uh, been uh, in in this uh, Epiphone prophecy range. Yeah, and it seems slightly different hardware, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was much cheaper hardware. Like the the finish was was not not as refined as well it was uh, like a gold burst so it's like a flat gold finish and it was all like satin um but like he said yeah no this guitar it's not a bad guitar and he paid like a couple of hundred quid for it at the guitar show and it was like yeah no this is it's it's pretty decent like yeah um but hey ho but the, these things actually exist and are being shipped and delivered and, and whatnot um Right, if we were to change if we were to change parts of this series, what would you what would you do to, for it to entice you? Um for it to entice me, I would I know this is going to be controversial because it's one of the more, more expensive parts of the guitar, but I'm changing those Fishman fluence out. I know they're not metal pickups like you can like quote Greg Cock and a few other people that have made them sound different. It's just they're not they're not me. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if I was going to go ridiculous and make one of these guitars for me, I'm squashing the Explorer or whatever it's called into an old Explorer body shape. Yeah. I'm throwing in some TV Jones style pickups. I'm going back to twenty two frets, which is the Gibson way, um, and I'm making the neck from an asymmetrical taper to a baseball bat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, and so. obviously that's not going to sell. Like, there's no way any company makes that guitar because it's basically specifically designed for me. So yeah. I'm I'm not saying that's what Epiphone should do. No, but you were saying if 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 you were in charge of that project, that's what you would do. <laughs> yeah, like if I was going to make one of these my signature guitar, that's how I'd do it. And if you wanted to make that range more accessible to someone like you. But also, so it was a profitable. Okay, um, I I would endeavor. rip I would rip the um, the Fishman Fluence out and put in either some Fletcher the 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 blends or a path voiced style pickup. Yeah, um, I would probably change the neck profile back from an asymmetrical thin taper to. Maybe not ridiculously old style, but you know something more akin to a a normal traditional neck. 
Yeah, maybe like the Gibson 60s uh, yeah. slim taper yeah. rather so, than the... So not, not 50s or 60s, I think it's probably more... I, I would say I'm in the minority of liking the thicker necks, so I think a 60s is probably better than a 50s. Yeah. Yeah, it would it would appeal to more people. But I do like the fact that they're not in the boring... boring kind of um, colour scheme that a lot of like Epiphones and Gibsons go for. Yeah. And the uh, the SG as well, it's got that weird kind of drop off fade that the uh, the high performances currently have. So it doesn't yeah. like burst all the way around. It kind of drops off to, like teardrops, but then the bottom of the teardrop just kind of merges uh, towards the outside rather than carries on with the contour. So that's pretty cool. To yeah. me, it, it kind of it kind of does remind me of like the. The Epiphone version of the high performance, which was something yeah. I, I was going to mention like last time. Actually, I thought that's what Epiphone should do, and then they have, and then and then they have, and, and actually, like when you think about that, yeah, like the high performance has the asymmetrical tape and neck, um, yeah, and yeah, like it's it's got modern hardware, modern design. Yeah, they're probably that's what like. It's certainly in the Gibson line what you what you can liken them to the most. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, and, like, the, and as much as it's yeah, it's a good it's a good thing that they're not one for one copying it as well. It's almost got its own personality, but it's the same spirit almost. Yeah, and as much as people criticise the high performance line, they sell. It's yeah, not they like are. Gibson aren't making money off them. They they. Guitars that are made for people who are out there buying them, they may not be the type of people that are in the groups on Facebook that we're in. And like sometimes I think that maybe we surround ourselves with the the smaller parts of the guitar community. Like there's there's millions of people worldwide that are playing guitar and even the big Facebook groups are scraping a million. Yeah. Like so, it's it's gonna be a lot of people who are focused in the same kind of things that you are because, like, they've been brought towards this group by the same things that you have, and like, so there's a lot of people out there who are valve amps are the only way, like you tube screamers are the only pedal worth having to push the front end of them and just plug your Les Paul in and it's in a Marshall and and that's the way. And all right, that's not kind of us, but like we surround ourselves with the people who focus on the traditional because that's what we like. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. going to be like there are plenty of people out there. Like there's groups that I avoid because they're about metal guitar. Yeah, because that's not me. But yeah, but I mean, this is where they're going to be obsessed with this kind of thing. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly, and we'll we'll see how how well they sell as well, and we see if more and more of these. Uh, start cropping up. I mean, if they start cropping up on like uh, the gear exchange sometime soon, it'll be that they've they've been bought. People have like went out and bought them, so it's it's happening. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think if if I were to make a change to the lineup and not if I was if I was aiming it towards myself, I'd yeah, it'd just be a set of blends. I think <laughs> that that. And I don't. I honestly don't mind the specs. Actually, I think twenty four frets is not particularly me. But 
I could live I with mean, it. I mean, it's, I was going to say, it's not going to inconvenience you the fact that it has those extra frets. Like, yeah. The other way around, if it doesn't have those extra frets, it is inconvenience the people who want those extra frets. But a guitar having 24 frets just means that I'm not going to use five frets instead of two frets. Yeah. So, yeah, I I could I could live with just a, a, a different set of pickles. But what I'd like to say um, is having this as like the prophecy plus range where everything's specced out and then having prophecy basic or something, prophecy light, where the hardware's not necessarily named and it's just kind of your your generic epiphone hardware the pickups are just kind of like epiphone modern humbucker rather than fishman yeah. fluence um and bringing that price down to like 300 quid rather than the the 800 odd quid yeah i mean i, I unfortunately i think that's I don't think that's in their best interest. I think for for these kind of guitars, they're they're not going for the people who they want to buy the baseline Les Paul, Epiphone, whatever it is called these days. Not called baseline Epiphone, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, not 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 the special two, but like the 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 set neck, whatever the baseline set neck is. I think that they're they're aware that that's kind of aimed at a st- not a student, but like. Uh, an early player, like for the most part, there might be people who are experienced guitarists buying it, but they're really aimed at kind of the beginners and the 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 people who want to move away from their first guitar and get their first Les Paul. I think yeah. these are kind of things that they want people to aspire towards. Mm. And uh, maybe it's just a kind of the 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 young player that is still within me somewhere saying that, like those eight hundred quid guitars will be the guitars that like those youngsters won't be able to attain straight away um but i don't i don't want them like missing out on the not being able to play guitar because they go oh i want to play this one but i can't afford that and there's nothing nothing at my price point that does look like that yeah i guess like it's, yeah, it's kind of it's two sides of a coin, isn't it? Yeah, like it, it, unfortunately, a Gibson or in this case it's Epiphone, but you know it's Gibson. I read it to make money, and I think they're probably more expert than us at working out the best way to do that. As much as like we criticise them for some of the decisions they make on their pricing scales, it's not like they're not a profitable company. No, no, legit. They uh, they seem to be doing all right, and. For for all the kind of minor little criticisms like we have mentioned, like the pricing, we've we've had a lot to good uh, a lot of good things to say about how Epiphone has been performing, um, like in in the media in general, uh, like the yeah. people's reactions to it, and I, I've I've not looked at like sales figures for them, but uh, again, like like you say, I, I'm assuming they're they're profiting because they're they're constantly releasing like new stuff and and making the excitement around the brands uh, still relevant um so yeah. Or, yeah i think generally like 2020 not been a good year for everyone but it's not been a bad one for gibson yeah yeah i mean like 
them suing random people aside, like there's not been that much to say negative about the products that they're releasing anymore. Like, um, it was a topic of discussion in one of the groups that we're in that you know we're still seeing people talk about. I want to buy a Les Paul. Please don't try and offer me any 2015 models. <laughs> yeah. because you know of all the of all the controversies around then but i mean they they turned things around in 2016 and 2017 in terms of the products that they make and everybody is starting to admit that they've they've worked on those you know little issues that they had with some of the um the quality control and they've they've worked on what they're releasing as products and they've streamlined what they're releasing as their kind of like they don't they don't release a 2016 2017 2018 2019 2020 i think 2017 might have been the last one that they numbered and it's like they've just kind of tweaked the line ever since yeah yeah absolutely it might have been 2018 but yeah when, whenever it was like they released it that year and then the following year they just dropped the number and said it's the same guitars here are the slight tweaks that we're making um and yeah, like it, it's working for them. I I agree, and I think that is probably a good place to wrap the cast because I think we're we just over the over the hour mark, and I think yeah, generally leaving it on a high note for um for this because I think even though they're not guitars for us, I think we're generally quite positive about about these. Yeah, yeah, I I think they'll sell well, and I think. If anybody gets one, I think they'll be happy with it because it'll be like it's not a guitar that you you kind of buy on the looks. Like, yeah, there there are people out there who'll just buy a Telecaster because of the way it looks, and they're not too fussed about the hardware. Like in there, if you buy one of these, you know what you look like. You know what you're looking for, and you're getting what you're looking for. Yeah, it's it, yeah, you you're getting kind of serious stuff, aren't you? It's it's not one of these that you you buy and then you go, oh, but I'll change the tuners out and I'll change this and I'll change that. You go, yeah. yeah. No, I've got, a, I've got, a, I could take this, take it to a gig tonight, and I'd be saying. But yeah, so, sorry, I just nodded, and I realised that that doesn't work on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was nodding, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, there's a microphone yeah. in front of my face that I'm yeah. almost hitting with my chin." <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where we're gonna gonna end the podcast for today. Um, thank you, you listeners, you lovely, lovely people. Um, it's always a pleasure to be in your ears. <laughs> really creepy, but yeah, um, we we also get um, get a little bit of extra love from the following people who who back us on Patreon, and for a little as little as two dollars a month, you can be one of these fantastic people. Wow, they're lovely. Um, so we've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects, Mr. Andrew Bimson. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects and the fat guy little coat. Back. Yeah, fat guy little Fat coat, guy little, even no, little guy. Little. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Oh, no, wait, yeah. I've just tried to correct him from saying the correct name. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, no, I've, I've shit over this. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, I haven't got the pedal to hand to read. Yeah. Uh, got Joseph Richardson of um, Abstracting Band and Joseph Richardson Music on Instagram. Uh, we have got Hugh G. Rection in and around the <laughs> pants area. Yes, of course. Uh, we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. Um, they are just so good. Uh, and Brian Gower of the Tone Jokes podcast. 
again, fantastic podcast. Check out the one with Brian's dad on. It's it's such a good episode. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I didn't even care that they were talking about cars for like a good twenty minutes of it. I was just entertained by the chap. I uh, think I'm about a month behind with the tone jerk, so I I haven't heard that one yet. You are in for a treat. I could just let me tell you now. You are in for a treat. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, it's like not not the most recent one, the one before I think. Um, okay. So yeah, check that out. Um, yeah, if you want to catch me online, it is Budget Pedal Chop at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the other one, YouTube, which is the home of the No Talk All Tone, as well as being on Pedal Boards of Doom occasionally for. Um, that old uh, Stomp v Stomp series, which is pretty cool. Um, and hopefully coming up within the next couple of weeks will be the follow-up to the the top five most influential pedals. Ooh. Yeah, I've recorded my bits. I'm just waiting on everyone else now. So it's happening. It's happening. It's Matt, excellent. you are... You are heel underscore Matt Q at Twitch, Twitter, to Instagram. Yep. Twit the Bad Bookers podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, pretty much it. That's 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 a wrap for this week. Um, so from myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from Mister Matt Quine. So bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Wee. <laughs> it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. To all of it. Bye. Wave. Like really saccharine children's TV presenters. Bye, everybody. It's alright because my creepy smile is hidden by my microphone. I, I was told a really dad dadish dad joke today. Go so on. before we before we look for one, uh, so I went into the butchers and <laughs> he bet me fifty quid that I couldn't get the the beef down from from one of the shelves, and I said I'm really sorry, mate, but um, the stakes are too high. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, we keep that one. <laughs> it's. It- it's a shit joke. It's definitely a shit joke. <laughs>